Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando with a very lovely cold and I'm the group editor of Woman at Home and Woman Magazine. Yes, you are. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week, TV Times and What's on TV magazines. And today we're looking at your new releases for the week starting Friday, the 26th of January 2024, including all the big one, Elvis star Austin Butler in Apple TV's big budget US Air Force drama Masters of the Air and James McArdle and Eamon Elliott in a 1990s set prequel series to the hit gangster film Sexy Beast on Paramount+. Plus. We'll also be checking out Netflix crime drama Griselda and Channel 4's new documentary series about the 1980s miners' strike. But first, Ian, what is in the news? Well, apart from your cold, Hannah, Netflix's <laughs> adaptation of Mary Shelley's classic horror novel Frankenstein, directed by the wonderful Guillermo del Toro, will star Saltburn's Jacob Elordi as the monster and Oscar Isaac as Victor Frankenstein. What else is in the news? Well, in Apple TV Plus's 10-part sci-fi drama Murderbot, Alexander Skarsgård will head the cast as a security android that has developed free will. I can't wait. <laughs> We've all been there. Well, it's a very good week this week, I'd say, one of our best. And we're going to start on Apple TV+. Plus. This arrives on Friday, the 26th of January. It's one of the most eagerly anticipated new series of 2024. It's called Masters of the Air. And here is a clip. Major Egan, you were the first pilot assigned to the 100th. Me and Buck Levin. You are in charge of 35 planes and 350 air crewmen. Don't you die on me before I get over there. Something big is brewing. The 8th will be sending up the largest air armada ever assembled in the history of mankind. This has got some Hollywood pedigree behind it, Hannah. Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg are both involved. And of course, they brought us Band of Brothers the wartime drama. Well, now they're taking to the skies in this one about the US Air Force, specifically the 100th Bomb Group, who were nicknamed the Bloody 100th because of the heavy losses they incurred in combat missions. And it starts in 1943. The unit are arriving in Britain and they're going to start daytime bombing campaigns in Europe. But it's very very dangerous game so great cast you've got as we said in the intro austin butler who starred as elvis in elvis he's just too good looking really isn't he he plays major gail buck cleven and the captures callum turner plays major john bucky egan and they are flying these b-17 flying fortresses into German territory and try to drop their payloads and make it back. It looks amazing. It looks cinematic. The dogfights, all the aerial stuff is terrific. It's got almost a kind of slightly old school feel to it, I would say, somewhat appropriately perhaps because it's a period drama, with the dialogue and the characters. It's also got a little bit of, a little bit of the kind of Top Gun vibe, but obviously much more retro than that. It's also got among the supporting cast Barry Keegan, of course, from Saltburn, and Kuti Gatwa, who is the new Doctor Who, and it's based 
on the book of the same name by Donald L. Miller. There's been a lot of hype around it, and I've got to say it, it justifies it. The action sequences are gripping, but you really do care about these characters. You buy into them, and the bombing raids are, are gripping, and, you, and you're thinking, who's going to make it back? Because, I mean, the, the, the rate of casualties for this group were, were just staggering, really. I mean, uh, you were really against the odds in terms of survival. And Butler is just super cool as the leader of the gang. Uh, he is he's great in this. Very watchable. So much hyped, but I would say it's lived up to it. It's it's a fantastic piece of television. Hannah, what do you think? I actually thought it was brilliant. I mean, this is like you say, there's been some huge hype, hasn't there, about this and and and, and for good reason actually. And and as you say, a stellar um cast and big names i mean it cost something like 250 million dollars to make i mean absolutely incredible i mean it is a really big show really big production um i remember i digress slightly with this but um it gives some context because war type films and series send a bit of a shiver down my spine i i studied war poetry um when i was younger and um it still resonates now and you know hearing those kind of sirens and those noises and everything going on it I don't know just it absolutely um it resonates still and 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 this absolutely packs that punch in every way it's kind of um it's action packed it's thrilling um you learn something it feels like it's so well put together well authored well structured um there's nothing not to really like but it is intense there's no doubt about that over on paramount plus Arriving on Thursday the 25th of January, we have a new crime drama series called Sexy Beast. And here's a clip. Go home and lead a quiet life. Only if you come with me. So tell me then, what's your full-time job? Me? I'm a thief. Please don't tell me you're trying to steal my heart. Yes, so Sexy Beast. Um, some of you will remember this uh, first time around. It was in 2000, in 2000 it was a film um, starring uh, Ray Winston and Ben Kingsley. In fact, it was just when I started on the showbiz circuit and um, I interviewed Ray Winston at the time. So this, I can, it, this really kind of is good that we're talking about it today. But it's interesting this because this is a prequel. So this is um, season one, obviously, and there are eight episodes. Um, usual scenario where two or three are dropped first, and then you can get them weekly from that there on in. Um, and so this is this is a prequel, as I say. So originally, if you if you don't know Sexy Beast, do I think you need to watch it first? I think it probably helps. You don't have to, but I think it probably helps to kind of set the scene, I guess, or you know where it's going. Because um, this is before all that happened. So, um, as I say, Ray Winston starred as the career criminal Gal Dove and Don Logan was played by Ben Kingsley. Um, and they were, they, were, they, were, they were criminals. They were, they were gangs and they were... Um, well, Galdov was a, a small, petty criminal. Um, and then he was kind of lured out of that into doing something much bigger. And so this goes back um, beforehand and it follows the younger Gal, um, who's played by Mayor of East Town's James McArdle. 
and Don, played by Eamon Elliott. And um, it's set in the early 90s East London. So they're making their money by being small-time criminals. Um, again, they have to get involved with a very powerful gangster. That changes their life. There's this sort of... Um, also, there's the, the, the romantic side of this as well. Um, someone that he meets. Does he really want this big criminal life or not? Um, and there lies the question. But I think sometimes once you're in that world, you can't really get out. Um from what I've seen so far, I did enjoy this. I think the um, the narrative and the it's a bit dry in places, um, and but and and also the the person that plays Gal James McArdle, I think he's just playing up to the up to the, I suppose what Ray was kind of like in in the second one, but I, I sometimes I kind of want him to break out to be who he is because some people won't have seen Sexy Beast. I don't know if you felt the same about that, but I, I thought it it was good. It's it's pacey, um, and again you you get a snapshot into a world that seems glamorous but really is um, not not so. So yeah, good. But I did think a bit. I thought it was a bit clunky in places. Okay, well I'm going to start with my impression of. Ben Kingsley from the film. No! 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 Okay, I've got that out of the way. So this um, got a pretty lukewarm review in The Guardian, Hannah, but I really enjoyed it, I must say. And it starts... The feature film, of course, started with Ray Winston on his budgie smugglers on a sun lounger in the scorching heat, and he's living a new life in Spain on the back of this big job that he pulled back in the day. This one starts, it looks like it's in similar fashion, but but as the camera pounds out, he's actually on the roof of a council block. <laughs> so, and I was, you know, I was interested to find out, particularly the Ben Kingsley character, Don, I particularly, want, you know, I was really interested to, to know what, how did he turn into this this terrifying psychopath from the film so yeah i do think mccardle he, as you say he he really is convincing as a as, as a younger version of what winston did and Eminem elliot is is great as as the younger don who is just has such a short fuse but what's particularly interesting is that we meet uh his sister who is played by tamsin Gregg playing against type and she is quite scary and 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 really good as as don's sister and we and we find out a little bit about why he is the way he is um elsewhere you've got sarah green from bad sisters plays dd who was played by amanda redman in the film and in the film it mentioned that she had this kind of background in the porn industry so we kind of we see that happening and and she's clearly someone who's he's quite ambitious she's kind of like the, the person with drive um whereas gal is is offered this opportunity by the gangster who is in the film was played by ian mcshane via our favorite one of our favorites paul k uh who is terrific in this and he looks very similar to the character he played in uh, the stranger anyway Although it's had rather lukewarm review, I really enjoyed episode one. I, I thought it was very funny. I thought it was stylish. A little touch of the Guy Ritchies. It hooks me in. I, I, th I thought it was great. Over on Channel 4 and All 4, arriving on Thursday the 25th of January, we have a new three-part documentary series called The Miners' Strike 1984, The Battle for Britain. <laughs> 
and here's a clip. You've only got to do one thing to win this battle. To remain united and determined. And if you do that, you'll be able to say to your sons and to your daughters, with pride in your eyes, that in 1984, I stood alongside my trade union. Ah, the 80s, Hannah. TV has a, a great appetite for all things 80s, as we often say. And um, yeah, I was in my last year at university in 1984. And of course, a lot of student unions did get quite heavily involved in supporting the minor strike back then. So this is directed by Tom Barrow. And it's looking back at the minor strike. So you had Arthur Scargill, very charismatic union leader, demonised, of course, in the right-wing press, naturally. And you had Margaret Thatcher, Prime Minister, trying to close down the coal industry in Britain and really using the police in a quite terrifying way. So I have watched episode two. So episode one is all about Shirebrook, which is a Derbyshire pit village that was dubbed the Belfast of England because it was bitterly divided over the strike. You know, we hear from police officers, we hear from miners who are on strike, we hear from people who are working for the NUM. But yes, episode two is all about the the so-called Battle of Orgreave. There was going to be a, a picket at this coking plant and usually the police would, would put up roadblocks to stop miners getting to places to picket. But in this case, they let them all go for some reason and they just shipped in a huge number of police and then, as you'll see in the footage that was shot by the NUM, mounted police with batons just charged these miners and started smashing them on the head with batons. It was absolutely terrifying. It's like something out of a police state. And it was clearly just government policy. We are going to break this strike with violence. It, it's absolutely shocking. And I mean, we've, we've had the post office scandal and, and the drama about that and, and rightly public furore there should be a similar out outcry about this because of the way the minor strike was handled and particularly the way the police force was used is is absolutely shocking and you can see the people who were there being beaten up by the police are still traumatized by it when they were just peacefully picketing so it's it's a great piece of social history a shocking piece of social history and that tells us something about you know the attitude of the unions uh, under the Tories, um, which some would say uh, continues now in the current wave of strikes. But yeah, it was it was, um, very well done, I thought, and, and very moving. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, it is really moving and, and a time that I don't particularly remember, if you like. So again, you know, we talk about sort of potted history, kind of fills it all in. And what's interesting about this is that each episode tells a story, doesn't it? So from the strike. So you can um, really see um, it's, it's not just one-sided. It causes fractures within families, within communities, um, huge divisions. What, how people felt, what they thought, what they thought was right, because for everyone that thought it was wrong, someone thought it was right. And I think that that that's the really interesting part of this. And the, you know, it's what's you know, it, it's part of our history. It's a part of the fabric of where we are today. And it was a massive, massive upheaval for the country, and incredibly complex. Um, and, and some terrifying times right there. So for me, it was, um, 
yeah, it was very, very interesting. And I forgot to mention that will be available as a box set on all four. We're going to move over to Netflix for our final offering. It's another crime drama series. It arrived on Thursday the 25th of January. It's called Griselda, and here's a clip. For the last three years, Griselda Blanco has owned Miami, distributing cocaine. Ms. Blanco's operation has been efficient, deadly, and incredibly successful. Well, we were talking earlier, weren't we, Ian, about scary women, and I'll tell you what, Griselda Blanco is scary. She is tough. She is the boss. Um, so this is, honestly, I thought it was absolutely, from what I've seen of it so far, thought it was, or had the potential to be very brilliant. Um, so... This is the team behind Narcos, um, and it's a new drugs crime drama. Sofia Vergara plays Griselda Bianco, Blanco, and um, it's, she plays the part of a real-life Colombian drug lord. Um, so, and, and what I love about this, it's total female empowerment. So, you know, usually the drug lord is the man, isn't it? The big, built, burly man uh, running rings around all the women at home who are enjoying the money. No, not here. So she becomes the godmother of the 1980s Miami underworld. So forget about the godfather. It's all about the godmother. Um, she is also um, an executive producer and she's inherently in it all the way through it if you know what I mean you can see every part that she plays and I think it's absolutely great as I say ridiculously dramatic um majorly empowering of course you know I'm not suggesting that anyone should become a drug lord clearly but the idea that she just literally has everybody she's got so much confidence you know because everyone wants her life people want to stop her from dealing um and and doing what she's doing and yet she just has this brazen and even if she's not feeling confident inside that confident exterior of no fear and a bit like when we were talking before this kind of world which is kind of foreign to, to you and I and not having a full understanding of it but once you're in it it's really hard um to get out of it and um you know let's be clear this is very very real this actually happens and um I know that um, Sofia Vergara, when she, she's been talking about it, says that she grew up in Colombia during the drug trafficking era. And so therefore it was a very difficult time. And she knows it's part of her country's history. And she wanted to portray um, how this woman was transformed because of this business and the road that she went down. It's really pacey. It's really dramatic. It's really exciting. Um, and and I, thought it, I thought it was great. What do you think, Ian? I loved it. Um... It's a terrific role for Vergara, of course, who, who's best known for Modern Family, a great comedy series. And they have they have sort of tweaked the backstory to how she ended up in Miami, but I don't think that particularly matters. Um, but yeah, so she sort of flees there. I'm not going to say exactly why, but she, she leaves her husband. She's already involved in the drug trade, and before that she was actually working in a brothel. But she's got two sons, so she flees Colombia, ends up in Miami with her boys, but she's brought a kilo of coke with her and she tries to sort of, well, she tries to sell it. And it's very interesting to see 
the sort of misogyny she comes up against and violence as she as she tries to kind of break into the Miami underworld. But she's a force to be reckoned with, uh, and she's not going to take no for an answer or be messed about by these dreadful men. So yeah, episode one is terrific to see how she you know establishes herself, and and there's one that was one amazing scene where she's just kind of emerging from this nightclub just with blood splatters all over her face, and but she's she's scored a victory, you know, in the face of this terrible sexism that she's faced to, to kind of make her mark and and make some money, you know. So I, it clearly it will pan out with her. She's going to have to set up a way of getting her supply from Colombia to Miami. And, you know, it's all about turf wars, isn't it? All these things. But yeah, it's great to see because, you know, these series like Narcos are pretty male dominated, you know, and, you know, the, the drugs laws we think of are people like Pablo Escobar. And in fact, it, it starts with a quote from Escobar comes up on the st- screen, which says, the only man I was ever afraid of was a woman called Griselda Blanco. So <laughs> that tells you something. But yeah, I thought it was great. She is great. Um, recommended. We've got to that time, Hannah, where you tell us what the hell you've been binging on apart from traitors this week. Oh, well, you say that, but yes, Traitor is really, um, really getting there. It's absolutely brilliant. It's re- reaching its climax. Um, absolutely fantastic. Also, um, I delved back into The Crown. I, I think I told you I was really struggling with The Crown, but I'm determined. Um, uh, but it, yeah, I am struggling with it. So although I'm binging it, it's a mm. slow binge. OK, well, as you know, I'm an absolute sucker for true crime documentaries. And uh, on Netflix, there's one called American Nightmare which um, in the American press, it was described as the real Gone Girl case. So it was a sort of a an alleged abduction where this guy rings up the police and said, oh, someone broke into my house and uh, abducted my girlfriend. And uh, it's fascinating. And I have to say, I started watching it with one opinion about what had happened. And boy, was I surprised. So, yeah, it's a fascinating ride. Don't Google the case. If you don't know about it already, just let it unfold. We've just got time to look ahead to next week's offerings, Hannah. So what's on the binge watch menu? Well, Sienna Kelly plays a modern day witch on the hunt for men in Manchester in the new fantasy drama Domino Day, which is on BBC Three and iPlayer. And Donald Glover and Maya Erskine star in a remake, yes, another remake, of the spy rom-com Mr and Mrs Smith on Prime Video, And I should also add that today, Hannah, excitingly, you and our friend from the Eurovision Binge Watch podcast, Steve Perkins, are recording a special Traitors episode of Binge Watch. Looking forward to that. But in the meantime, 